Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 418 of the MailRite Podcast. Today, we are definitely going to talk about something I'm incredibly passionate about. I'm super grateful to John for choosing this as the subject uh, on February 1st, 2024. It's how to attract real estate clients instead of chasing them. Uh, For those of you listening to the show, this, in my opinion, just my opinion, is the future of all marketing, uh, digital or otherwise. And so attracting clients as opposed to constantly seeking out the newest and latest push marketing system is something I'm very passionate about talking about. And I'm, I'm extremely excited to get into this. And we're going we're gonna to really show you another way to do your marketing. Before we do any of that, John is, uh, is actually really animated in the screen for those of you who are watching. And for those of you who are not watching or just listening, let's let John introduce himself with all this animation for those of you who do and don't know him. And uh, he's a great guy. He's a WordPress expert, so many other things. John, why don't you go take it away? Thanks a lot, Rob. And I'm the co-founder of mail-right.com. We are a real estate marketing platform, CRM, all combined. We can do drip email, text drip campaigns, landing pages, and you can do your Facebook campaigns. We combine that with MX, MX a website, IDX. And it's all combined in one package. So you can do your own DIY campaigns, or if you haven't got time, we can do them for you. Back over to you, Robert. All right. So, John, I, I appreciate you handing it back over to me, but I'm curious, before we get started, jump into your beautiful subjects that you've got listed here, six in total. Um, what made you choose this, this subject? I don't know. Uh, just ever doing this ever in three and a half years and probably about 150 episodes of this show. Well, I just look at the uh, the competitions, videos, and podcasts, and I kind of um, look online for subjects. Obviously, we've been doing we've done quite a few shows, so there's a bit of overlap. Um, but I came across a couple of YouTube and one podcast that's doing this subject. And I thought you would enjoy it, being that we've had, we've had a feast of Facebook, a feast, a feast of Facebook. I thought I, I thought I would give you a couple of subjects that you would enjoy, Robert. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to see number one on the on John's list. This must be seen as one of the real leading real estate marketing experts in your area. And John has some beautiful notes and I'm going to toss it back over to him and let him discuss those notes because he did that research. But this falls directly into my area of expertise. So an expert in your field is usually somebody that can talk about a high degree with a high degree of authority and answer pressing questions that relate to a specific subject such as lifestyle, home type, uh, financial, the financial end of a real estate transaction. These are all areas that are incredibly productive to establish yourself as an expert. Now, assuming that you are the expert, the world that we live in has made it so easy for you to be able to help people by answering their questions. You've got 
Facebook and Instagram and just with a little bit of training, you can get that answer out in front of people, usually for free. I mean, you don't, you can pay and, and drive people to your answer. But if you just know how to optimize your content, you also can actually just produce an answer for free, spend maybe 30 minutes to an hour of your time optimizing the answer. And boom, now you've got a permanent, credible answer to people's pressing questions online. And once you start answering enough questions, you will be perceived by the world at large, including your competitors, as an expert in your field. That is my, and being an expert is what gets you phone calls. It's attraction marketing. Inbound marketing is what I call it. It's what a lot of people have called it for 40 or 50 years. But John, you put down some some great notes. So why don't you go ahead and explain your end of this? Well, you know, I think it's very really like what you just outlined, but I think, you know, there's an agent that's on YouTube that's based in Las Vegas. There's a couple of agents that are based in Southern Florida that I watch. And basically what they do is they talk about the general economy, the general renting market, the general property market. They show a couple of examples of properties that have come on the market, you know, those that are overpriced. Those, they show the history of properties. Um, they just give you general information about their local markets. And what they're, what they're doing is they're showing that they are following the market. They really know the area. They really know what's going on in the rental, the purchasing, how long the average house is on market, how, how big supply is in their particular area. Are there any new developments? Um, what kind of special offers the new developers, new housing developers are offering? how that is affecting exist people that are trying to sell um, their house, what is, you know, what is basically going on in their market. And I think there's, there's not, you know, with all the different social platforms and utilising video, which we have hammered away about, there is no better way that showing that you're the person that's really, you're not the average agent. You you really know what you're talking about. Um, you're there. You, you've got the knowledge to assist a person in a very volatile market achieve the best outcome for that particular client. Um, I agree with that. There's, um, there's something that you said that I want to, I just want to key in on really quickly. Uh, there's oftentimes like I get questions about, wow, isn't there other agents out there already doing this? What's the competition? And you touched on something that is incredibly productive. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be the person who's there first. And there's always new types of these. And that is new development, building partnerships with developers, becoming an expert in what a developer is doing, the kinds of homes that they build, the kind of design aesthetic that they have, who they're building those homes for, such as first-time home buyers, uh, people scaling up, people scaling down. Um, those, those, I have agents that are doing that. 
It's incredibly productive for inbound lead generation. Um, especially those agents who really are proactive go out and take control of a development by filming content, getting it up on YouTube first. Nobody's going to stop you. The developer is not going to stop you. They want their development promoted. So if you're the first to market and you reach out to the developer, oftentimes you can, you can build a super collaborative partnership to the degree that sometimes the developer will start to send their own leads to the agent. New development is probably one of the best lead generation sources consistently across my entire database of clients. And so I strongly recommend that, that if you have that ability, if you're in big expanding markets, particularly those of you who are in Texas and in a, a slightly more minor way, certain parts of Florida, you'll really, if you listen to this one piece of advice, you'll see a lot of, you should see a lot of productivity come from it. Um, all right, number two on your list, uh, which I'm going to shock everybody, including you. I'm going to reprioritize what you're probably how you're probably saying this in terms of being an inbound agent. But number two is you must have a CRM and database linked to an effective digital marketing platform. So why don't you go ahead and elaborate on that? Well, you know, if you're using Facebook and we discussed it a few weeks ago, um, Facebook advertising is disrupted advertisement. Um, the people are probably on a slightly longer purchasing or selling road for then maybe somebody responding to a Google advert and just keeping in touch with the leads that are coming in because of the ups and downs of a real estate agent's life, trying to do it all manually is probably not going to happen. So, but all these platforms can be abused. You can overdo it. Um, but it's finding the Goldilocks spot, as I put it, where you're contact, contacting them enough, um, but you're not contacting them too much, so it puts them off. So it's uh, you've, got, you've got to have a feeling for it. Um, but most agents are terrible. And having a CRM um, that, if they're driven to a landing page, that can send them a series of emails and text messages and then put them on a newsletter and spending a bit of time and effort on the newsletter. Mm -hmm. um, these, these will help you get results. Everybody knows it does work. But, you, but it also depends on the, it, depending on the kind of advertising or content marketing, organic um, campaign you're, you're looking at, you're not going to get instant results. You're just not. You know, you, everything takes a little bit of time. So, but these mythologies, that they do work, don't they, if they're done in the right way, Robert? Yeah. I, I, I do agree with that. Now, I, I kind of, the pyramid in which a CRM is at, ladies and gentlemen, um, I flipped that script in my own inbound marketing. Um, I think that uh, for the most part, I've discovered that 
people in general are overwhelmed with the level and the amount of follow-up that can be generated almost instantaneously from any CRM system. You can text and email, and, and most of us have been trained to text and email a lot. And so I just, every conversation I have with every consumer of any stripe, it's the same response. I'm so tired of all the communication coming in from vendors and friends and everybody, everybody. And I've tested this myself. What I do is I have eliminated a lot of the communication out of my own marketing. Um, I send out content updates and I do not follow up with clients. I don't follow up with prospects. What I do is I say, hey, you're going to get a what, like once or twice a month content drop from me and it's going to be relevant. It's going to have a video from me. I'm going to, I'm going to be sharing stuff I feel strongly about. If you'd like to see more consistent updates, join one of my social channels, my private Facebook group is an example. And that works very well. Inbound REM gets very low unsubscribes, very few annoyed customers, very few heated messages from clients. I built my whole business this way. It isn't, uh, it can be a little bit nerve wracking at times because sometimes communication slows, but when it picks up, when it speeds up, it's almost an overwhelming flood. And so the, I think that what everybody has been taught, I would say this. Yes, it's important to have a CRM. If you're going to do inbound marketing, I would put it down number three or four on the list of tools that I need. I do need something to track, uh, what interactions I've had with customers. That's important. But do I chase them down? Do I use CRM to, to do a whole bunch of, no, I don't. I just track what. Uh, I totally, un- I totally agree what you're saying, but I need to quantify what I've said. Um, I think in your scenario and people that are utilizing your company services or doing it themselves, um, they've already probably built some relationship. Somebody's come to their website, somebody's heard about inbound, heard about you, Robert, um, seen you on video, whatever. So there's already where um, we're our system is around Facebook and a little bit of Google Local, but it's about Facebook. So we haven't had a lot of the campaigns that agents run on our system themselves or they get us to run them. There is no prior relationship. These are a lot of these people that come in to the landing page, fill in, it's a cold relationship. Sure. So initially, um, we found that you've got to hit them, um, but not overdo it. But hopefully I've explained myself a little bit better because the two scenarios we're talking about, there's some slight differences, isn't there? Very much so. One is a combination of push and pull marketing, traditional display advertising. You can do a video on, on, on Facebook but because it's an outbound advertisement, there's a certain amount of credibility that comes along with that, like a like an issue with the credibility. Whereas with with like you're finding somebody because you have an answer to a question, they're really not soliciting you for anything, and you decide to reach out with them on your own because they did such a good job at answering your question, or you follow them and you let them answer six other questions, and then by the time you reach out, you feel like you know them, and they haven't asked you to reach out. It's two two completely different scenarios. In your scenario, where I was doing Facebook advertising. Yes, I'd have to drive them to a landing page, probably have somebody making sure that somebody was there answering inquiries and things like that. It's two 
different systems, completely inbound and a combination of the two. Why Lopo uses a combination of the two. It sounds like you use a combination of the two. Getting somebody in on a on a very strong answer video is something that Facebook is quite good at. Uh, there's tons of people out there that do this. Uh, agents who are listening to this show, you'll see Krista Mayshore do this. You'll see Levi do this. You'll see all sorts of real estate experts put a video out for you on Facebook. As a matter of fact, I'm considering doing the same thing, except I'm going to do an inbound philosophy, which is I'm going to give everything away for free, 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 you know, free, like an actual high value, free content drop. But, and this is the big but, you know, if you want uh, a done for you service as opposed to do it for yourself, here's our contact info. You know, so like that's, that's my, how I would use that platform, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, it's slightly different in philosophy. Um, we're going to go to break, ladies and gentlemen. And when we come back, we're going to dive uh, even deeper into this inbound uh, subject. Um, John, what's next up on the list? I, I kind of opened and closed so many windows, I lost it. Oh, well, it's your, you must give value to your possible future leads through your social media and content marketing. Oh, kind of just briefly touched on that. So we're going to elaborate on that. What's value? And we're, we're going to dive into that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the MailRite Show. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 418 of the MailRite Show. We're talking about how to attract clients in 2024 as opposed to advertiser or push or pull or conjole them into being your customers. This is an attraction market episode. I'm super excited about it. And now we're going to talk about one of my favorite, favorite, favorite elements of inbound, which is providing value. All right. So, John, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, I think you've just got to put your mindset into if you were buying or selling a property, what would be the type of things that you would want to see on social media that would build trust and build confidence that when this is the right agent for me to contact? And that's all I think, or everything you produce on social media, everything that you produce around content marketing, if you've got your, that mindset, that you put yourself into the mindset of somebody that's selling or buying a property, what they would want to know, I, and you consistently keep yourself in that mindset and don't get sucked into the world of vanity, um, I, I think as long as you get, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, or similar podcasts, but I don't think there's many podcasts that go into the kind of content that we go into, Rob. Um, I think you're in the top 10% anyway. But over to you, I, I just think, I just, I think just that mindset will help you a lot. Yeah. One of the, so a long, long time ago, John, when I was brand new into my career, 
Uh, Zig Ziglar talked about something that has turned into one of the cornerstones of my career. And he was calling it the puppy dog clothes. And essentially the puppy dog clothes, which is something that he used when he was selling pots and pans, is he would occasionally carry a demo set of pots into a real on-the-edge kind of like client's home. And he'd leave the pots and pans with him for a day or two and then come back, right? You know, a long time ago, obviously, where you're selling pots and pans door to door. And then he'd come back in and needless to say, once uh, usually the woman had done some cooking with these pots and pans, she was attached to them um, and would want to buy them. That's called the puppy dog clothes. You give something to somebody legitimately for free or at least to use, or you give them, in my case, as a knowledge worker, I give out my knowledge for free. Now, uh, when you're providing something of value to somebody, oftentimes you have to figure out what the thing of value is to my, to my prospects. Now, I've given out secrets worth millions of dollars, you know, and oftentimes they kind of go over people's heads because it sounds too simple or they, they just, they don't have the discipline to act on the very first part of the advice, which is, hey, do video, right? Like if every single person that we, we, we were, like, what's the secret to success in real estate in the last 10 years? Okay, that's easy. Video for lead generation. Video. But people just miss it. They just go, oh my God, that's so complicated. I don't want to do that, right? So, the, But then you can also go, okay, I've got one kind of video. It's three minutes long. And if you just do this video for all of your career over and over again, spend 10 minutes a day, you'll probably make a million dollars a year. And people are just like, oh, that can't, it can't be that easy. But, but it is. It is that easy. So you give it away for free and sometimes they just don't believe it. But you still have to figure out what your clients will do and will use that is something of value they can provide. Like with those- Yeah, well, sorry to interrupt, but I also think it's down to what we've discussed in previous about finding a niche. If you can find, if you can find your niche, it's going to make it easier that your content is on target. I don't know if you agree with that. It's incredibly helpful to have a specialty because once you've established your reputation for a specialty is when you start to crack the resistance pyramid for people because part of making an impact, John, is getting people to perceive you as an expert first in your niche. And a and niche helps with that like a lot, like saying that you have a very specific thing, you become known for that specific thing. That's when people really start to look at you and go, oh, I think you have an answer for me in SEO. Well, we both know, like, you know some SEO. I know some Facebook. Like, like we know other things, but you get known for a certain thing. And then people come into you and start really opening their minds to your answers in that one specific subject. And that's when you have the opportunity to make an impact, to really help somebody. And niches help with that tremendous amount. I agree with that 100%. I wish it wasn't the case though, but it is the case. Like you have to get known for something. And then when you get known for something, you have a chance to really make uh, a difference in terms of inbound marketing. Um, all right, number three, you must give out, oh wait, that's it. Number four, you must use reviews and client success stories. So boy, oh boy, is this a great, addition to the inbound marketing puzzle in terms of adding this to this list? 
How do you use reviews in your own business, John? Well, I've got a few on my tonic site. And I've got a couple on the mail right, probably not enough. But in, in the industry, in the real estate industry, I think this is still prevalent. I think it's diminished, but I think it's still there. There's, and it's understandable if you're talking to other professionals in the real estate industry and the thing you get asked on a podcast or, you know, what was your production last year? What's, what's been your production the last six months? How many houses did you, blah, blah. But uh, as an in, as a inside industry question, it's okay. But I do see a lot of agents also talk about it um, to their target clients. You know, I've sold these. I don't think they're interested. I think they're interested in the stories of clients that are, that the agent has got successful outcomes for. Sure. I think I think they're interested in up-to-date reviews that are linked to a picture and a link or preferably to a video because then it proves that's a, probably a legit testimonial or story, a success story. And they're really interested in some success stories. And if you can back that up with some video as well, that gives it more legit legitimacy. What do you reckon, Robert? I... I Agree 100% with case studies, video case studies. By the time somebody is serious and you get a serious data-like person, somebody who likes a lot of information before they make decisions, that's when these like longer video form case studies really make the difference. They make or break the whole research relationship. They also are the final piece in a strong inbound marketing puzzle because... The first few things are answering questions. Now you have some credibility, but that's usually not enough to get somebody to call you. What, what usually pushes them over the edge is actually this subject. Reviews and success stories are the close. They're the funnel. You know, If you're using a reverse analogy for inbound versus push marketing, you know, push marketing does use reviews and things like that to try to get you at the end of a at the end of a funnel to make a decision, buy a product, whatever it is. Inbound does the same thing in a slightly more organic way. You still need client success stories. You still need reviews. They're incredibly important. The more, the, be- the, more the better, the more robust, the better. Uh, I've got, I think, 65 on my, on my, on my, Google business profile, another 20 for my career prior to starting this company. So probably have about a total of about 105 reviews out there that people can find, plus about five 20 to 30 minute long case studies from actual customers of Inbound REM that are in various stages of success, very successful, not yet successful, and somewhere in the middle so that somebody can see a complete client conversation. And those things, John, drive, I don't even know what the right word is, but warm leads isn't, isn't the right word. I, I get people calling me saying, you're my vendor. You're my guy. It's a very big contract commitment. So somebody who's calling you, who's just saying yes automatically to whatever twenty to $50,000 worth of spend, I mean, it, that takes a lot of credibility building 
to get somebody to that point where they call you and say, you're, you're the person. That's what this does for you, though, the case studies, the reviews. Like if you do them right, you do them in quantity, you're prolific about it. It can happen, even in real estate, even with a million or $2 million purchase, it is quite possible to get somebody to the point where they are going to be your customer. Even if you add a million dollar commission on the line, this number four is where you want to focus most of your time and effort. If you want bigger, better, easier contracts without all the sales rigor role, you'll focus on number four. Well, I think in general, a lot of agents are really poor that you need some systems, systemization about gathering reviews from your late, you know, they are, there's the best time and place and you need some systems in place in getting these reviews, but so many agents are really bad about this. Which is, which is a shame because if you want to know a way to propel your career to get actual revenue, this is the secret right here, number four, and it's no secret. It's just a discipline. It's just making sure that you have plenty of reviews, testimonials online where other people can read them. And, and by the way, what an overwhelming amount of reviews does is people at a certain point when they see like 100 five-star reviews, they don't read them anymore. They don't. They just look at them and go, well, fuck. Maybe they read one or two. And they go, Jesus, you're, you're obviously very good at what you do. And you become one of the people that they have to touch base with when they're ready to make a decision. That's what, that's what happens. The credibility level is so high, you basically become a brand like IBM and AT&T and all those pedigreed blue chip stocks that we've heard so much about. But there's more credibility for the individuals in the market, in the world that we live in right now than there is for big companies. You and I have a chance to build a better reputation than Google has, as an example. The society we live in says, if you lay off 5,000 people, we hate you on general principle. And so um, anyway, uh, let's go on to number five. I don't, want, I don't want to cut this list off. It's so good. Be yourself and your content online and, and your content online content be aimed at your real estate niche. So I think I understood what you're trying to say here, but why don't you let everybody know how you were aiming that content? Like, Well, you know, um, obviously there are certain expectations about how an agent presents themselves. But if it's too artificial, too not really you, I, I think, what do they reckon 70% of communication when you meet is not nonverbal? Right. Something right. like that, isn't it? Um, I think it comes across false. And also finding your niche and doing something, you know, aiming at a certain type of client or a certain type of property you like, it helps you be yourself, really. You're more at ease. And right. um, for our thoughts, and I've got so many, um, one thing is what I've observed, most of the time, I think most people, um, you're very similar. I don't think you're going to be much different to what people see, watch us or listen to us. And I think you would agree that I'm pretty much what you see. So, oh, yeah. um, 
But there's a lot of, um, for, you know, for understandable reasons, there's a lot of art- artificialism. I don't think that's actual word, but I'm notorious. In my, it should be, should it, Rob? Artificialism. Art- artificialism is absolutely a great word. It is, it is. It's all bad. Whether, whether I don't think it exists, Rob. Great word. <laughs> what, what do you think, Rob? Um, I couldn't agree with this more. And and here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, listen, I, and I think this is one thing, one thing that if you're going to say Robert and John, we have a lot of differences, but there is a commonality that we have that we've talked about privately and publicly. We both, for better or for worse, are authentically ourselves, pretty much everywhere. Like everywhere you look, everywhere you go, every podcast you see, every conversation, and I, I, I will confirm behind, clo- behind the closed doors when the camera goes off, John is the same guy. Like that's quite, the, that, that's quite horrendous, though, isn't it, Rob? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, no, we're both we're both a strong flavor. But that's the thing that I I try to explain to people: be bold, be yourself. If you are a strong flavor, be a strong flavor. Because for some people, it's really going to appeal to them. And when it does appeal to them, you're really like. People, again, just decide you're their kind of human. We all think that we're so unique, like unique little snowflake. And you and I are not. We're not as common as other kinds of people, but we have people that are like us, you know, independent thinkers, maybe, you know, just the, the list goes on, right? And those people call me. They are, those are my clients. They're also independent thinkers willing to work a little harder to get off the wagon wheel. They don't want to do everything easy. You know, they, you know, they, they can think long-term. That right there, everything I just told you is less than 1% of the real estate market. Less than 1%. But that 1% exists. I know I have a company built on them. So, and you probably do too. Like you, you're learning systems, like all the people that you get on the show, all the, all your, that massive WP Tonic show that you've got, the fact that you just got Matt on the show, everybody comes to you probably because you're such a reliable, independent thinker. It's like, you're not going to agree with everything you say, but at the same time, you trust you. You trust you because you're not really built to say anything other than what you think. And people trust that. And trust is where the, the revenue stream is at. It, it, it's, it's not even like, a, it's not a manipulation. It's not a mechanic. People, if people trust you, they will do business with you. And honesty, no matter how strange that honesty might come out as, is really a major mover of people and and the Yeah, I I, thought, I think I watched some of your I think some of your recent comments like and I think you, you've been hammering away that art artificialism is is not the way to do well you mentioned it in previous podcasts that you know that is not the way to build success in 2024 as a real estate agent absolutely not so find your authentic voice and then be bold and express it whatever that is i have a couple of clients uh and i'm just going to give this as an analogy I'm, i'm a spiritual person but not a religious one i talk about this occasionally in other shows uh, but they are, they're very, they're very uh, centric, like God centric. Uh, and it's something that they frequently talk about 
on their channels and they have a very big following and, and it's getting bigger rapidly. They're in Nashville. They're a very beautiful, young, attractive couple with, with quite a few children, you know, and they're just, they've, they've got it. And for them, their voice is very authentic online. Is it my, would it be my voice? No, but it, it works so well for them because I think it shines through that this is the way that they live their life. This is what they believe. And I think to every other person that, that keys into that, that relates to that, they are absolutely a strong choice to do. Yeah, the, the other thing coming to me as you were saying this is a lot of agents feel they've got to attempt to appeal to everybody and everything. And maybe at the beginning when you're really struggling, you maybe you got, you know, but I do think trying to appeal to everything and everybody is a little bit of a mistake. Same. All right, last one. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at the bottom of the um, list. Always remember that real estate is a personal business. You need to add an A. Build trust. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've talked about some trust-building mechanics earlier in this. Reviews and client success stories build trust and authentic voice builds trust. But how do you want to close this, this subject out? Well, there's a big thing that we're both about digital marketing. Um, me and my Facebook and my MailRite platform, you're inbound marketing and your inbound content marketing skills and your SEO skills. But I think we both realize that we're only we're only helping people get lead, get people in front of of the of the client of the agent, and then it and then it's a person business, isn't it? You know, um, it's like doing all this video that we keep hammering away that agents should do, and what we've discussed. You know, when you have that first meeting. It's really down to you. Um, it's going to be that person to person. So I never, never diminish the personal aspect. And that first meeting, that first presentation, is up to you to build trust. I don't, you know, I, you know, people are going to say something really strange here. Surprise, surprise. Um, if I was hiring an agent, I would look around, I'd get some personal recommendations, I would check their website, check the thing. I don't want to choose somebody that I love. I want to choose somebody that is a, knows what the bloody hell they're talking about and can get a result for me. Obviously, I'm not going to choose to work with somebody that I think is a pain in the ass. But I'm not looking to become buddy friends forever. I'm just looking for them to have some credibility and be able to do a decent job for me. Sure. And, and <sighs> my perspective is with building trust, I have one last thing to add to the building trust pyramid. Um, and this is an interesting thing. This podcast for me is a building trust exercise. It's not specific to anything. I've talked to John about this privately. I don't really do the podcast to directly generate business. I do the podcast as a sign of credibility. A place I show up every single week and do an hour-long-ish 
piece of content with somebody else to show that I'm always working on my business, that I'm always doing something. And I also do some, some live posts and some stuff in a Facebook group. And really that, that maintenance, it's a trust maintenance exercise for me. You have to keep showing consistency across your channels and it doesn't have to be anything big. You just have to show that you're actively working on the business, which in turn builds credibility with your audience. It builds trust. It builds, oh, you're still here. You're still tuned in. You're still paying attention. It's one of my least favorite thing about founders today is that very few founders build this trust exercise with their audience. They don't regularly get out there and do anything. They don't talk to anybody about anything. And there's this old mental mindset that says that a, the leader of a big brand can be behind the scenes and nobody ever needs to hear what they're saying or what they're doing. Now, if you're the head of a billion-dollar brand, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But if you're trying to build a small and medium-sized business in today's world, in 2024, I think it's kind of incumbent upon you to actually be talking to your audience, at least every so often, to build trust with the people using the business, to let them know and remind them, hey, I may make some mistakes, but I'm here working on this. So I'm going to try to do my best. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example. I think you're totally right there. I'll give you a, a quick example before we wrap it up. Sure. Um, a personal friend of mine is Jason Komen. Um, the founder of WP Engine. Okay. And Jason, I don't know how he does it. You know, obviously, he's he's, he's the founder of a business that has over 2,000 staff members. Mm -hmm. um, but he's still highly, highly approachable and he's very active on Twitter, goes on a lot of podcasts, regularly comes on my other podcasts. Uh, I've known Jason for a number of years with, I wouldn't say we're close friends, but I think we are friends. Mm -hmm. um, and he's always, he's all, he doesn't have to, he's made a ton of money, but he's always approachable to people. I use WP Engine. Well, with that, with that note, ladies and gentlemen, and hopefully those final thoughts, I hope that everybody pulled something out of this podcast because... In my opinion, inbound marketing in general, attraction marketing, either in whole, that's a whole nothing but inbound like me, or a combination, which is what John does, where you use a little bit of inbound to attract some interest, and then you maybe use a little bit more like uh, push marketing or, or traditional sales approaches to try to bring the, the customer relationship home. So those are like one way or the other if you're not using attraction marketing as part of your marketing process, I think that you are still involved in a like um, a le less and less effective type of marketing that like full stop. I think it's dying on the vine. I mean, or shrinking maybe is a better way to put it. Anyway, that's just my opinion. It's not, neither here nor there, but it's my opinion. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the show. John, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how would you want them to do that? I'll just go to the mail-right.com website, have a look at what all the stuff we got on there, all the information, and then book a, a chat with me, quick half-hour chat or longer. I'm more than happy to chat about any, anything you want, any knowledge about that I could be some help. And um, then we maybe um, look at the mail-right system and see if it's right for you. Back over to you, Rob. 
Uh, every year, I get one one year closer to not being on the phone, um, but you still can reach me in 2024. Uh, I've got a couple of other uh, pilot program service programs where other people are servicing those calls. But if you're looking for a full service inbound marketing agency for, and you're a real estate agent or broker, you can still go to inboundrem.com forward slash about and you will find a link to my calendar or you can look at our services page and find plenty of ways to reach out to us. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We appreciate it ever so much. Like the content wherever you see it. Share it. Thumbs it up. Follow John. Follow me. Check out our websites. Thank you for tuning in. John, take us off on.